Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. If you're new to the show, I am so happy that you're here. Today, I'm going to be talking to you all things my move to Ciudad de Mexico. You don't know this. I decided to move to Mexico City in May of this year prior to this podcast actually coming to life. And I actually brought this podcast show to life here in Mexico City. So I am now celebrating that I've officially been here for seven months. Crazy, right? And starting my business has played such a big role in my ability to have been able to move here to Mexico City. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing all of the things on why I decided to move to Mexico City. I'm going to be answering your questions because so many of you have left some questions for me on Instagram, and I'm going to be sharing all of the cheese with you on why I decided to move to Mexico City, how I decided to actually take the leap, what were some of the challenges and thoughts that came up for me as I made this decision, and we're going to go into, into detail. So I'm so excited to be sharing this with you today and to really pull back the curtain in today's episode. So I'm expecting this episode to be a one-part episode, but depending on how much we get to cover, we will possibly have a second part. So stay tuned for that. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. This episode is long, long overdue. I have been promising you this episode for about possibly like four months now. And it is about time. So let's dive straight into it. This is going to be a little bit of like a Q&A because I do have about 15 to 20 questions that y'all asked me on stories and Instagram. So I want to make sure that I don't just go like Q&A style, but I also tell you the story and paint you a picture. For those of you that have, you know, shared with me that you're interested and you know, you've always wanted to move to Mexico City or a different part of the world, but you never actually have had the courage to take this leap. And I'm going to be as honest and as transparent as I possibly can, because this decision was one of the biggest decisions I've made other than deciding to leave my nine to five. And you're in for a treat because I'm definitely pulling back the curtain. And I am being really honest with you about the reasons why I decided to move and all of the things that have happened since just answering your questions and all the things. So let's jump into it. Why Mexico City? So this is one of the first questions that y'all asked and why Mexico City? So Mexico City has always been a dream destination for me. Me recuerdo desde que estaba chiquita que siempre miraba las novelas con mi abuelita después de escuela, ¿no? Y si miraste novelas, if you grew up watching novelas, you know how, like, Mexico City is just, like, in almost every single novela. And it's such, like, iconic location for 
Rebelde, if you're a fan, right? And I definitely was a novela fan for sure because it was the way that I bonded with my mom and my abuelita. And Mexico City just, I had never really visited, but it was such a dream because I just felt like it really unlocked my youth for me. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but essentially I decided on Mexico City because I came a year ago for, I was having a live event for my mastermind that I'm in with my coach and it was a virtual mastermind. And I really wanted to travel to a location during that time because I wanted to really focus on my business. I really wanted to be far away and be in this expansive energy. So I decided to book a trip to Mexico City because I had always wanted to come. Nobody ever wanted to come with me. And I brought my little brother with me. Shout out to him for just following my crazy ideas. And I brought him with me and I was like, okay, well, two birds with one stone. I'll be focused with my business and I'll get to travel and spend quality time with my brother. So I came and I felt completely in love. I had visited one time before in 2015 to the pyramids. I literally booked, I was on a mission to actually be in the city y'all. And I didn't have the courage yet. So in 2015, I actually booked a bus ticket from Michoacan to Mexico city overnight, where I spent five hours actually like traveling to Mexico city. And I actually also brought my little brother with me. And at the time he was like in middle school or high school, I think probably in middle school, because I think I was like in college, it was my freshman year of college. And I only came for like a day, literally, I went to see the Pyramides and I also went to La Basilica and that was it. So I didn't really get to experience seeing the city, but (laughs) I really, me quedo la espinita, no? I had that little itch of like, I want to go back and I want to see the city So I decided to come last year in September for that event that I told you all about that was virtual and just make the most out of the experience. But I still didn't have the courage to come by myself. So I brought my brother with me and fast forward to February of this year. Yeah, actually 2022. I decided to book a trip here with two of my business besties that you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I always am with them. I love them so much. Erica Cruz and Marila de la Mora. And we decided to book an entrepreneurship friend trip together to just experience Mexico City together. And in that trip, that trip absolutely like changed my entire life. All of ours, actually. (laughs) The trajectory of your life's completely shifted because we were able to experience the expansiveness of being here in Mexico City and the culture, the people, see ourselves in a different lens and I completely fell in love. I wanted to change my flight and never go back to California. So all that to say that Mexico City has always been like has always had a place in my heart. And even though I didn't really I wasn't really familiar with the destination and the location and everything that's what makes this city so rich. I like to think of it as like the New York City of Latin America. I knew that this is a place where I could definitely see myself living in. So as a result of that trip. I started thinking, okay, if I ever wanted to move here, what would that look like? Like, right. So I took those three trips here to Mexico City before actually making the decision. And every single time I came, I stayed in a different location because I wanted to see like what location I liked the most. I asked around to see what was the best way of moving here. So whether that was like looking at an Airbnb and choosing that for when I moved here instead of like going for a full-time lease. And I started just taking those baby steps that took me and like took me all the way forward to actually making the move. So the second question I was asked was, how did I have the courage to move? 
the courage was built with those little everyday decisions and those little steps, right? I like to think that, you know, when, when people assume, people usually assume that when you make these big decisions and these big, bold (laughs) decisions, it's like this thing that you just decide and you go for it, but it's totally not the case. You see, I painted you this picture because you can tell by that, that I didn't just decide one day, oh yeah, I'm moving to Mexico city. It took time. I took different steps that finally culminated in me, in me making this big decision, right? So the courage was built over time. It literally took me since 2015 that I took my first trip to Mexico City to actually visualize myself being in the city and exploring more time in the city. And it wasn't until this year in February that I came that I was like, this is it. Like I could totally see myself living here. But something that really helped my decision in having the courage and the confidence to move was the fact that I had my coaching business, that I was working for myself, that I had location freedom and time freedom and also financial freedom in a sense, because I was in a very stable place in my business when I decided to make this move. And I think that if I if it wouldn't have been for my business, there was no way I would have ever moved because then all of the limiting beliefs would have kicked in, right? And I didn't have a remote job at the time. I was working in higher education. So the times that I did come, I that still wasn't a possibility for me. And it wasn't until this February that I financially felt safe to know that like, hey, I can, this is literally what I built my business for. I built it so that I could do these things. And I had already been one year into my business and I was still afraid of taking that leap because I would think like, what if I, you know, don't continue making money in my business and then I can't like live in Mexico, right? So honestly, I would say that having a stable income in financial, being financially free when it comes to just the financial stability that I do have in my business now was literally what allowed me to be able to make this dream come true. And the next question is a little personal, so I'm still going to answer it. But the question is, was I in a relationship when I quit my nine to five? Okay, so this is more really in relation to my nine to five. And yeah, in relation to my nine to five. And did that affect my relationship? So here's a tea, (laughs) y'all. I was in a uh, relationship, long-term committed relationship when I started my coaching business. And when I quit my nine to five. And that didn't necessarily, it didn't, it didn't, it did affect my relationship in the sense. So what affected my relationship was that I was starting to build an an online presence, not so much that I quit my nine to five. So it affected my relationship in the sense that, you know, my partner at the time, he wasn't really comfortable with social media, building a presence online or social media in general. He really had a lot of limiting beliefs around, you know, what a social media presence does and what those people, those type of people, quote unquote, you know, like really desire and then wanting attention and all these things. So it just wasn't something that he really supported at the beginning until he really saw that I was really committed and I didn't really care what he had to say about it. And then all I really needed was the support. So the support was there. It started developing because I really started asking for what I needed from him but it was something that I needed to ask for and that I really needed to be intentional about. And also that I needed to prioritize my business as well. And when it comes to if like leaving my nine to five affected my relationship, it didn't because at that point I was really 
already so invested in my business that nothing anybody said was going to shake my desire to quit my nine to five. And I think at this point, we had already been dating for a long time. And, you know, he had been in my life and he had already started to accept the lifestyle that I was living. So it didn't really affect it in that way. And the follow-up question to that was, was I able to balance my starting my company and my relationship? Or did I have to choose between one or the other? I didn't actually have to choose. I can love you so much. And my career, my school, my education, my business is always going to be at the forefront. That's not to say that like, I don't care about my partners, right? Or like who I'm dating. It really just means that I'm prioritizing my business and one thing that has nothing to do with the other. So I will say that like, because I was so focused on my business, this didn't necessarily create challenges in the sense that like I had to choose between one or the other because that was not even in question. And if it was, then that I wouldn't be with the person. So I hope that answered your question. Because I know it's also common, you know, that we put a lot of, sometimes we stop doing the things that we want to do as women to prioritize and put other people's dreams first. And I am always super committed to my dreams first. Um, So there's that. And the next question that we have is, how was the actual move? What conversations did I have with my family and friends? And what emotions came up during the process? So this is like a you know, this, these are a couple of questions in one, but the actual move was not as stressful. So getting here was not stressful. It was, or like once it was here, but moving here was definitely stressful because I decided to move 10 days before I actually moved. So I put in my two week notice for my apartment and I literally cleared up my apartment in 10 days and was already in Mexico city by then. So it really happened super, super quickly. And it was hectic in the sense that like a lot of emotions were coming up in the process and the conversations I was having, the difficult conversations I was having with family and friends at the time, I was no longer in that, like a committed relationship that I talked to you all earlier. It had actually been a couple of months since we had, you know, parted ways. So at that time, you know, I decided that, you know, I had nothing holding me back from making this dream come true. And I trusted and believed that if I decided to move here, my family and those that love me were going to support my happiness. And if they didn't, then I was just going to have to hold space for those emotions that came up. So I was very fortunate that like I told my mom, and at first I don't think she believed me because (laughs) she thought I was going to just empty out my apartment in San Jose and that I was going to just move to you know, maybe possibly just change my mind and stay with her back home in Watsonville. And she quickly realized that I was really sure, like I was really putting all my things in storage. I had no intention of moving in back with her or like into like the home where we lived before I left to college and it started clicking for her. So she would tell me things like, mija, de veras te vas a ir, like, no, no te vayas, aquí quédate, la vida ya es bien fea, right? There's no está segura, like it's not safe over there. Um, people are, are so poor. And she was, she would tell me all these things. And, you know, I had to have really difficult conversations with her and let her know, you know, my reality looks very different and I'm safe. And I'm, I had to show her my bank account, right? I had to like show her that I was going to be financially okay. And just like, let her know where I was going to be staying at, like what the zone, what the area looked like, what Colonia was going to be living in. 
And she was, she ended up being really supportive of me moving here. However, I did have some fallout in friendships at the time that, you know, really hurt me in the sense that I was expecting support and I didn't really receive it in that end. And, you know, they were really hurt around the idea of me moving. And that really sucked because I wanted them to be a part of this journey with me. And sometimes, you know, you really just grow out of these spaces. And that was really hard for me to navigate as well as, you know, family, extended family members, you know, having an opinion over me moving and like what that meant, why I was doing it, if I was running away or whatever that looked like. Right. And for me, it was like, no, I was pursuing my dream. I wasn't running away from anything. I was pursuing the lifestyle that I always wanted that I now had the opportunity of following because of the business that I had built for myself. At the end, I thought to myself, you know, para que me sirve haber construido todo esto if I am not actually like doing the things I, I once dreamed of, right? So a lot of emotions came up in the process of me moving. I was grieving my old identity. I was grieving the identity I thought I was going to have. I was grieving the friendship breakup that I experienced. I was also really excited to start a new life in Mexico City. I was excited to get to know myself at a different level, to be challenged, to grow, to meet new people, have new connections, and to really inspire my community that I serve and walk the talk, right? Like actually take action on the things that I always promise and like share with my clients all the time and show them what was possible, right? And I think as Latinas, we hold ourselves back so much from making these big, bold decisions because I used to be so like, and like, keep in mind y'all, like I used to be so afraid of doing things alone. I used to be absolutely terrified of going somewhere by myself. And this was such a beautiful challenge where I was able to learn so much about myself. So I don't want you thinking that I was this one person that, you know, enjoys her solitude because that was totally not the case. Pre-pandemic, I was an, I'm, I'm an extrovert at heart always loved being around people. My family means the world to me. Like I had all of the reasons to stay back home and I decided not to because I knew that the higher version of me was going to thank me for making this move. Right. And I was just setting an example for my clients too, and showing them what's possible. So, so much stuff happened in the process. So many emotions. I literally cried to Mariela and Erica for like two weeks before making the, the move. And you know, they were the only two people that I think beyond my mom and my brothers that really understood my decision and supported every single minute of it. And I'm forever grateful to them and having them in my corner, because here's what I learned in that process. You cannot expect someone that has not lived what you're about to live to support you in these big decisions. You literally can't, like they have no capacity to understand you. And that is okay. Mariela and Erica they had already experienced something similar in some way, shape, or form. So it made sense on why I would ask for their advice and their support and their, like, you know, for their guidance in this decision making process because they had walked the walk already. And this is, I think, very true for many different things in life, right? It could be true for your business. If you're deciding to start a coaching business and you want your partner's support, your family's support, and they don't understand you or they are like against you not necessarily against you, but against your decision. And like them not really like, they're just really trying to protect you is my, is what I really believe, but we can't expect them to understand us. And we can't expect to ask them for guidance in these situations because 
while they can support us, they actually have never walked the path before, right? So it made sense why a lot of my family members didn't really support the idea of me moving. They were also grieving what I would, what life was going to look like without me living there. Because a lot of actual, a lot of close friends actually ended up having babies and they were pregnant and they were about to give birth. So they were really going to grieve the Liz that was no longer going to be home in in their presence and in these milestones and all these things, right? So that was a really long answer to this question, but I hope that it makes you feel seen in some way, shape or form. If you know you've been considering this move and you haven't taken the leap yet, I am here as a guide, as a resource, message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to support you and talk you through it and guide you because it was definitely not an easy decision and so much, like so much came through with that. So the next question that I have is what was your biggest fear when I moved? I think my biggest fear when I moved was not creating a community. I think that as much as I'm very extroverted and I'm very friendly and I like love people, (laughs) I think that as you get older, it's a little more difficult to meet, like put yourself in these spaces to actually meet people And I think that's what that was one of the biggest things. I think the second thing that I was really afraid of was missing my family because I am super close to them and missing like milestones and creating those memories with them. But I had to I had to remember and like take a step back and say that, like, you know, I don't really see my family every single weekend because life everybody's living their life. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that. Another thing I think that was a fear was the fact that Prior to deciding to move to Mexico City, I had lived by myself for a year and that apartment was where I created a home for myself, the home that I always dreamed of. And I think I was really afraid of losing that because I invested so much energy and time and intention into it and it represented so much of my growth. Um, I graduated from uh, my master's program while I was living in that apartment. It was the first time I ever lived alone. It was the first time I ever got an apartment by myself and like in the Silicon Valley think I was just really afraid of not being able to cultivate that outside like any but anywhere else right it felt like oh my god what if I move and then I come back and then I can never you know rent an apartment again right so it was that was one of my biggest fears I think just missing my family not making friends and being homesick essentially and then really scarcity around like will I find an apartment right and I actually would have people tell people that were not really supportive of me moving to Mexico City that would tell me, you know, the economy is getting really worse, uh, really bad. And what if like when you come back, there's no apartments left? And I was I had to sit through that one. Right. Because like the likelihood of that happening. Right. So the scarcity part really kicked in in that in that moment. And what else did I know people living here before I moved or did I just meet people here? So I, I actually I did know a couple of people from when I had like when I came to to visit Mexico City and I had met a couple of people here in like when I came with Mariela and Erica in February. And then I think I just re- remembered that. I totally skipped that apart. I came back in March, y'all. I came back in March before I made my decision to move in May. And I came by myself on a solo trip for a week so that I could see where I was going to live. So insert that part in there <laughs> on my decision making process. I don't know how I forgot to tell you that. So I did actually meet people when I was here through connections and things like that of different places that I went out to and all that goodness. So I did have a couple of people and acquaintances that I knew of, but I didn't have like family here or anything like that. 
And the next question that we have is how did I find a place and if it was hard? So the biggest advice I could give you is if you're trying to decide to move here or anywhere is to book an Airbnb for a month and then decide to look for leases, whether that's a six month lease or a year lease or just like really Airbnb hop. Honestly, um, Airbnb makes it super easy. I also really love Kasai, Kasai.com. I can list that in the show notes for you as a resource as well. The three biggest places where I've looked for somewhere to live was Airbnb, Kasai.com, because they make it very like travel nomad friendly if you're deciding to like relocate. And that gives you enough time to actually look for an apartment and all the things. And then the third one, if you're looking to rent longer term, like six months or a year, and you are, I will say, Mexican uh, citizen, or you have, yeah, you have a dual citizenship, you, I, I recommend that you go under inmuebles24.com, inmuebles24.com. And that's a website that I use to find my six month lease contract and my year lease as well. So I will say though that it can be a very complicated process because depending on the area where you want to live, the cost of living is really, really high compared to what you're probably thinking, especially in the Condesa area. And they ask for a lot of documentation. I'm talking about like a co-signer that owns property in Mexico City. First deposit, you have to make three times the rent. It's like some craziness. So contact me if you need any support with that. And I'd be happy to connect you with resources. So that is what I offer if you are deciding to move here. And yeah, it was, I guess it wasn't hard getting here because I went through Airbnb and then the harder part was finding a place that allowed me to stay for six months because I didn't know how long I was going to stay here for that, you know, was furnished because if I ever decided to move back or move any, anywhere else, I didn't want to deal with all the furniture move and all the things. So, and the next question is, do I have, or will I get my dual citizenship? This is a great question. So I currently do not have my dual citizenship. I do have like the traveler's visa that they give you, which is like 30 months anytime you come into the country, but I am currently working on getting my dual citizenship. And that process has been interesting in the sense that like getting all the documentation while I'm away has been hard, but it's in the process. And I'm like nearing the end of like almost doing all the paperwork and I'm a few weeks away from actually becoming a dual citizen. And I will keep you updated on all that as well. Um, the next question that I was asked was, how have I made friends? I have made friends through outings. And I think just the city in general does a really good job at having places. And it's very like, you can really go, it's very like date yourself friendly in the sense that you can go on solo dates and it's very normalized, but people are also really friendly here. So it it can be really easy for you to go to events and like really meet people because it's also a very like digital nomad city that has a lot of events for digital nomads and things like that. So yeah, and I actually have made friends through my boyfriend. So my boyfriend actually is also living here in Mexico City and he is from Monterrey, Mexico, and he was already living here before I moved here. So through him, I was able to um, just make a lot of friends or friends in common. But the thing that does suck, I will say, is that like everyone's almost just passing so it's not like your friends really stay here, right? They're either digital nomads or 
they move and they travel. So they're here temporarily. One of my closest friends that I met here, her name is Vanessa. Shout out to her because she was actually part of the creation process supporting me of this podcast while it was going to be launched. And she actually had to move back home. So she was here for about three months. And yeah, so it's a little difficult because you can really put yourself out there, but then you, everybody's always moving. So you won't have like those rooted friends. At least I don't, I haven't had them like found them yet. <laughs> so I'm, that's in the works. Yeah. I think those are pretty much all the questions we have, or do we do have two, three more that I'm going to be answering. So how much should we make a month is one of the questions. How much should we make a month to live comfortable in Ciudad de Mexico? What is the cost of rented bills? This is a more logistic question. So really, it really depends. And you're going to hate my answer, but it really does depend on like where you want to live, right? Because one of the, some of the more popular locations are La Condesa, Roma Norte, Polanco, and also Juarez, I believe. Those are some of the four more popular locations. So I will say that Condesa is ridiculous in pricing. Like literally it is like almost Silicon Valley prices for rent. Like it is high, high up there because of the high level of gentrification that has happened since the pandemic. So it is a thing here. And I will say that if you, it depends on the rent. So definitely you will have to be earning at least like rent here averages to be anywhere from $2,000. If you want to live comfortably, right? Like, like with a two bedroom apartment, it goes from $2,000 to $3,000, even $4,000 for an apartment here in Condesa specifically. But there are a lot of options around like big houses where if you're coming by yourself, you know, they there's different rooms that you can like rent and things like that or little studios. So finding a one bedroom is so much easier than finding a two bedroom. I will say that. So again, it really depends on how like what type of lifestyle you like to live the food is like averages on like a coffee, for example, in the States, I think it's like $7 now and here you can get it for like $3. So, but it really depends on like what, obviously the food is a lot less, is it's a lot more cost effective. So yeah, I would say that on average, what I pay in bills, because the only really bill I have here is just rent and also like not necessarily the Wi-Fi because my apartment already includes all of that. So I would say our rent, my rent is like $1,600 for a two-bedroom apartment. But I will say that was like six, eight, seven months ago. That was like seven months ago when I moved here and rent has increased. But if you are living outside of La Condesa, I'm pretty sure you can get something way more affordable. And if you're earning like $2,000, $2,500, maybe even $3,000 a month, you should be good. So yes, that is what I have to say in terms of that. Do I feel safe in Mexico City? I really do. But I will say that I feel really safe here in La Condesa specifically because it is very foreigner friendly and there's a lot of security and it is really safe. I've never experienced anything happening to me or anything sketchy. It is really safe. But I do, for the most part, I'm always in Condesa, in Polanco, Roma Norte, and like this area over here. But I've never experienced anything crazy. I've never really also been in El Metro. So I will not, I don't know like what the other areas look like. But I truly believe that, like, I mean, a lot of places in the world where, you know, you just always have to be careful and like watch your surroundings and all the things, you know? And one of the second to last questions we have is Do I have a car to visit all the places I've visited? 
And I do not have a car here in Mexico City. I walk everywhere, which is why I love La Condesa, because there's so much to do just in this space. And you can take an Uber. It's really like, it's really easy to like take an Uber places and it's really affordable here. It's like three to four dollars per ride, depending on where you go and the, the time that you're going. But I do not have a car. The, the way that I go to all these nice places is because my boyfriend loves to travel as well. And He actually has a car here, so he takes us everywhere and it's amazing. <laughs> so that's how I've been able to see all of the different states that I've been to in the last seven months here in Mexico. And lastly, I was asked what my thoughts are on Mexico's education system. And I will say that I did not go to school here in Mexico, so I don't have a lot of information to comment on that. But I will say that... You know, I truly believe that we have very educated people in our country here, and I would love to learn more about the education system here in Mexico and all those things. So those are pretty much all the questions. We got through all of them. Wow, I cannot believe we got through all of them. I guess there will not be a part two. Maybe that will come in a couple of months as I hit my one year here. But yeah, I love this so much. I hope that through this, you know, you're able to see that moving, if you want to take the leap to move somewhere, that you know that it is possible for you. And again, I'd love to make myself as a resource. I love this Q&A. It's our first one ever. And it's been so great to like give you an inside view of what my life has looked like in the last seven months here in Mexico City. And I honestly, again, just am so grateful to have been able to make this dream a reality because it literally only became a reality because of my business and the courage that I had to come. So yeah, I think this pretty much sums it up for today's episode. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. If any of this resonated with you, let me know. You know where to find me on social media. DM me if any of this resonated and take a screenshot, share it with the world and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at lifewithliz, that is L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí and I'll see you in the next episode.